0: monetizing digital services since 2004, boosting the entertainment industry by making digital content accessible for everyone. AWG, where innovation meets monetization. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, we your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. You enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page, and please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Kevin Palmieri about overcoming fear and fostering confidence to reach your full potential. Kevin Palmieri, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: John, thank you so much for having me. I am excited to chat, my friend
0: wonderful to be with you. I'm excited to have a nice conversation. You're joining us from New Hampshire. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be talking about overcoming fear and fostering confidence to reach your full potential. Now, of course, this has application in our personal lives, our family lives, home lives, um, but we're also going to address it, you know, particularly from an organizational perspective and as a leader, how do we lean into the messiness and the discomfort, uh, and the uncertainty of leadership roles? How do we overcome the fear associated with those roles and foster confidence in a authentic way so that we can best lead our people and support them and help them to fulfill their own potential, which in turn will help us to fulfill our own potential, That's what we'll be discussing together today. As we get started, I wanted to share Kevin's bio with everybody. Kevin Palmieri is a motivational speaker, personal development coach, and entrepreneur. He is the co-founder of Next Level University, a company focused on helping individuals and organizations reach their full potential through coaching, training, and events. And I could go on and on, but I'm going to pause there. Anything else, Kevin, you would like to share with the audience by way of your background and personal context before we dive on in?
1: Yeah. One thing I always like to add is I might seem like somebody who is very confident. I might seem like somebody who designed the life I have today, but I have my own fears. I have my own insecurities. So me talking on this is very personal and something that I deal with often. I don't want people to think I have it all figured out because the second you figure something out is the second you stop learning. So I think I'd I'd like to add that as well.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's a good, um, disclaimer at the beginning. And I would say the same thing. Uh, I think we all have um, these things. It's a constant journey. It's a constant battle uh, in our confidence, in our uh, approaches and dealing with our people and, and dealing with the messinesses of organizations. And so I think ultimately, as long as we're aware of that and have the intellectual humility to, to foster that kind of a perspective, uh, that will go a long way uh, as we try to b- bring our authentic selves to this kind of conversation. Yep. Yeah. So why don't we start, um, by talking about the, really how you look at fear, um, uh, because we're juxtaposing fear and confidence. I'm not sure that's actually always the perfect way to, to, to view it, though. That's commonly, you know, how we think about it. Um, so tell us a little bit about your, your, um, thinking around fear, overcoming fear and the connection, uh, with confidence, uh, in yeah. our personal lives and in the workplace.
1: Yeah. When, I remember the first speech I ever gave. I, I use this example. I said, for many of us, we create this fence, and we call that fence fear. And there are many things on the other side of that fence that we imagine we would like. But for some reason, we walk up to the fence, and we convince ourselves that we can't step over it. And it's a it for many of us, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, and it's our own boundary that we created. Nobody told us we would or we should be afraid of certain things. I mean, yes, some things don't touch the stove. It's hot. Don't jump from there. It's too high. But my thought process, John, is so many of our fears are manufactured. And here's what happens when you create a fear for yourself. You say no. So I am not the type of person who is a speaker I am afraid of speaking. Okay, interesting. The next time you get the opportunity to do that, you're not going to do it, therefore proving to yourself through the most recent and relevant proof that you're not the type of person who does that. And in a leadership role, it's very similar where if your fear is giving somebody feedback or your fear is being vulnerable, every time you have the opportunity to do that, you're voting against that by saying no. And I think that's why fears get so deeply ingrained is because we don't have any proof to the contrary. Quite the opposite. We have so much proof to the fact that we're not capable of doing it. So anytime I'm thinking of fear, I try to have that real conversation with myself of, is this actually logical or is this an emotional thing that I've created that I've decided is now reality? And just one last example, John, I want to be a world-class international speaker. I was terrified of planes. It's going to be very hard for me to speak internationally unless I'm going to take boats and, you know, however I'm going to get there. I had that realization that all I really have to do is get on the plane. After that, my job's done. I'm not trying. I'm not flying it. I don't chart the course. I can just sit there for two hours. If I'm anxious, that's one thing. But understanding that that fear that wouldn't allow me to step on the plane, once I step on the plane, that fear is transferred to something else. I think that's just an important understanding.
0: Yeah. So managing kind of our role in in what the the this basis for fear is, I think is what I'm hearing you say, and which is very foundational if we're going to try to overcome it. Uh, because there are certain things that are within our control. There's certain things outside of our control. Uh, and oftentimes we conflate uh, a lot of those those elements that in fact not only are not in our control, but uh, there are experts. There are people like in your plane example, there are other people uh, that are, are fine. Like you, you don't need to worry about it. Um, Mm. And and you can't just tell someone not to worry about something. I get that people have their concerns um, and they're deep rooted. But for me myself, if I can recognize those things and I can take a step back and I can uh, acknowledge that I'm just one person amongst a team of people all trying to help us be successful. Everyone has that goal in Mm -hmm. mind. Uh, That can take a lot of pressure off. Uh, And when you reduce that pressure, that allows you to address um, the, the, the root causes of the types of fears that you're facing.
1: Yeah. And then, so how does that connect? And to your point, is it always connected to confidence? No, because you can be confident and still be afraid. I think that's just a human element. But okay, think of it this way. We'll just stay on the plane analogy just because we're we're kind of taking it. If you want to become more confident when it comes to something, there are a couple ways to do it. It's through behavior and practice and proof, or in some scenarios, it can be through awareness. When I started to become aware of why do the planes power down their engines after we take off? Is something wrong? Like Why does that always happen? Oh, that's normal. My awareness is raised. So... For a lot of people, I think that confidence can be created from reverse engineering an outcome where are you confident you can make an omelet? Yes. Why? Because you've done it before. Are you confident that you can put out a fire? No. Why? There's a lot of perceived fear and I don't know how to do it. I've never done it before. I think at a simple level, for many of us, confidence is the ability to figure something out. It's, it's the ability to say, can I actually get this result that I want based on my current awareness of what that result will take? But I think for some reason, it, we, we say to ourselves, I'm not confident enough to do this, when in reality, I think for a lot of us, it's not certain. I'm not certain enough or I'm not competent enough yet to put myself out there to try to get this result.
0: monetizing digital services since 2004, boosting the entertainment industry by making digital content accessible for everyone. AWG, where innovation meets monetization. Yeah. And I think it's important to 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 recognize as leaders, sometimes we have this sense that we need to project confidence constantly uh, in order for other people to take us seriously. Uh, and now certainly you can't want meander around completely clueless, <laughs> um, and, and unaware of what you're doing. And, and, uh, that, that can't happen. That will foster, um, distrust and and yep. will hurt your credibility. But assuming that, you know, that's not the situation we're dealing with, with most people, um, most Individuals don't know everything, um, and in fact, their team appreciates them acknowledging that they don't know everything, uh, and bringing appropriate levels of vulnerability to your leadership style is not a lack of confidence. It actually, I think, requires a higher level of confidence uh, and self-assurity and um, security in yourself to be able to to allow other people in to see um that kind of vulnerability. Now, I, you know, I'm not talking about oversharing and, you know, uh, things that would be inappropriate in the workplace, but, Mm. but, but being appropriately vulnerable with your people and letting, letting them know that you don't know everything, letting them know that you're leaning on them and their expertise. Um, In fact, it is the expertise of your team that's going to do most of the work, not you as the leader of that team. Uh, And, and that actually can create a dynamic of of increased trust that will allow other people to feel empowered and to do more great creative work uh, if you can foster that kind of vulnerability. So it's an interesting thing to think about kind of the traditional sense of what people, you know, this traditional stereotype of a confident, bold, confident leader versus the more modern um, uh, conception of an empathetic leader a uh, a leader who who has that appropriate vulnerability and who can connect on a real authentic level with their people mm-hmm. uh and and I think actually the two um should go together like you you come across as more confident when you can be genuine and authentic
1: yeah and I'll throw another this this could be a, a wrench into things but I think we should explore as a as humanity as leaders as everything the connection between belief slash confidence and self-worth. Here's the interesting thing. Oftentimes, I think when we meet somebody who is arrogant, we assume they have a ton of belief in themselves. When many people I have met that are arrogant, they're just delusionally high when it comes to self-worth. They think they're deserving of results or they think they're deserving of attention. That's a very interesting thing where I think true confidence to your point is the ability to say, hey, I do not know it all. I don't know what I'm doing in this moment. I need some support. Or I'm afraid that things aren't going to go the way we want. I need to lean on somebody. I think that the confidence, that's confident. That is having the ability to say, I don't know if I can get this outcome, but I do know that I can share with you that I don't know how to get this outcome. Therefore, us getting the outcome versus somebody who might have a delusionally high level of self-worth that does kind of hinge on that that arrogant side of things. I just think that's a very unique thing because there's many people out there who don't think they're confident. They don't think they believe in themselves when in reality they have low self-worth. So they don't think they're deserving. There's a big difference between saying I believe I can build the castle, right? I believe, I have confidence that I can build the castle and I deserve to have the castle even though I don't know how to build it. Those are two different lives, two different leaders and two different teams.
0: How does that connect to imposter syndrome uh, in your experience? Um, because that seems like that comes back to this idea of self-worth. Mm. Uh, and it's the it seems like a connection point between um, fear and confidence and, and how we portray ourselves and the beliefs that we have in ourselves.
1: Yeah, I think at the end of the day, imposter syndrome is your fear that people are going to find out your greatest fear. So it's almost like uh, as a leader, if you're afraid that people are going to You don't believe you know enough. Your biggest fear around being an imposter is that everybody's going to figure out you don't know enough. One day there's going to be a spotlight that says, "Oh, today's the day, Kev. You do not know everything that you claim to know." So, this is my perspective on that. I don't know if, I don't know if imposter syndrome is ever supposed to go away. In a in a way, because if you're growing, if your company is growing, if you're growing as an individual as a leader, you're probably always going to be hinging on. Uh, in the learning zone where I know but I don't know everything I don't feel like I know enough I'm in that outward zone where things could go wrong I think as you become more confident and as you become more aware and as you become more certain you probably should push the pedal down a little bit more and and kind of g- lean out into your outward edges so I don't think imposter syndrome is lack of confidence, I think imposter syndrome is you getting to a new area of life, understanding the lack of familiarity with that area, and then thinking of all the things that you don't know, because you don't know what you do know yet. I think that's kind of what imposter syndrome is and how it shows up for many of us, because it's not because we don't know. It's because we're very new to the area that we're in. When you get a promotion you've probably been working for that promotion for however long, and that was the goal. When you get there, and maybe you're leading a new team, what are you thinking? Well, maybe I don't know as much as the previous leader. Maybe I do things completely different. Maybe I'm missing things, right? You're on that outer edge of what you're currently capable of. So I think that's kind of what it is. It's just an understanding that when you're growing, feeling like an imposter isn't necessarily, at least from my perspective, a bad thing. Sometimes it's an accurate thing.
0: It's the old cliche. The more I learn, the more I realize I don't know. Um, That's not imposter syndrome. That's, Intellectual humility. I mean, that's just recognizing the world is a very infinitely complex place. And for me to be arrogant enough to think I have it all figured out is kind of silly. Right. And so I I really appreciate it when people can be honest enough with themselves and with those around them um, to convey that level of vulnerability that they don't actually have it all figured out. Um, And it doesn't say anything bad about them. In fact, I usually think more highly of that person because they they have that level of intellectual humility. Um, That fear of being found out, you know, I really think is that the key part of imposter syndrome um, that can be dangerous uh, because then we we spend too much time and energy focusing on maintaining appearances and not being found out rather than learning and growing and developing ourselves and, and overcoming perhaps the gaps in our skills and our knowledge and our competencies that are going to help us be more successful. But the truth is we all are continually developing. Uh, Nobody has it all figured out. Um, nobody, uh, is perfect at their job. Uh, and we find ourselves in new situations, new contexts all the time that require us to continue and learn and stretch and grow. And that's always going to be a little bit uncomfortable because Mm -hmm. if you're learning, that means you're going to be a little bit uncomfortable. Um, and so to that point to, in, in, in that way, I I completely agree with you that I, I suppose we're always going to have a little bit of that imposter syndrome, um, floating around in our heads. And I guess the key is to not allow ourselves to, to ruminate on it too much and allow it to, um, to negatively impact, uh, how we interact with others. Uh, I can, I can acknowledge that I'm building the plane while I'm flying it. I don't have it all figured out. I'm iterating, I'm learning and growing as I go. I can acknowledge that at the same time, uh, while conveying to my people that, you know, while I'm not perfect, I'm trying, I'm moving forward and I hope that they'll do the same and I'm going to help, uh, empower them to do that. And I'm going to support them to do that themselves. I think that, that creates this dynamic of, you know, a culture of continual learning, a culture of, of mutual support, uh, mutual accountability and trust, uh, and, uh, this kind of this simultaneous, you know, intellectual humility around recognizing we don't know it all. We don't have it all figured out. We're going to mess up, uh, and learn along the way, uh, and doing it as appropriately vulnerable human beings, you know, that are going to support each other and ultimately, um, you know, We we can still recognize we don't have it all figured out and be confident in our ability to work together to figure it out eventually as we continue to iterate and to
1: grow. Yeah, I think it, it requires confidence to admit that. I, I'll tell you this, John, I think this is important. I had imposter syndrome before I logged on with you. I looked at the show and I was like, this is a very intelligent human that I'm going to be talking with today. I wonder if I'm going to get found out. Am I going to get found out today? That literally went through my 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 mind. And I think this is where the the confidence piece comes in. Then you go do it anyway and you see what happens. And what if 99 times out of 100, it goes better than you think? Then you have really good recent and relevant proof. I went on a show recently, John. This person was a doctor for NASA. And here I am. I didn't go to college. I didn't want to go to college. I'm not a very, uh, I wouldn't say I'm intellectual in in studies. And I had that moment of, this is going to go horribly wrong. This is going to go horribly wrong. It went really well. It went really well. And I think that helped my confidence. And that helps you say, just because you feel like an imposter does not mean you are one. Maybe it's thin air that you haven't breathed before. It doesn't mean it's a bad thing. I just think that's that's very important. And then to your point, the vulnerability of saying, I mean, this is this is a culture. The vulnerability of saying, I don't know it all, but I am always focused on learning more. I don't expect you to know it all, but my expectations are that you will be hungry for knowledge and hungry for truth and hungry for productivity and hungry for self-improvement. That's a wonderful, rich dynamic of a culture because you're admitting from the top, I don't want you to think that I know it all because if you think that I know it all, you're going to think that you should know it all. And if you're walking around here on in fear and on, on eggshells, we're not going to be a very good team. That's not how this is going to grow. So to your point, I, I agree 100%.
0: yeah we we can't be a great team in that sense and and i couldn't help but uh you know think about some of my own experiences you know where i've also had that kind of imposter syndrome um so i'm glad you feel more comfortable now and i i, I do. you know i hope i hope that nobody comes on as a guest and and, and feels too intimidated that way cuz i'm just a normal dude just like anyone else um but that's the reality that i've experienced like you know as i interact with people that are just in incredibly impressive people. They've accomplished so much. Um, So smart, so capable. Um, You know, you have that concern about being found out or not stacking up or in some way coming up short. Uh, What I've realized though, is that the vast majority of people are kind, generous, um, patient, forgiving. (laughs) Uh, Most people, uh, you know, if you treat them well, uh, they, they will treat you well. And, uh, and it's kind of, it's, it's kind of the more rare individual in my experience, who's just a jerk, uh, who, and, and usually it's their own stuff, right? It's their own baggage and their own insecurities that are manifesting if they're trying to, um, act all uh, high and mighty and better than you, uh, they're, they're, just being a jerk and they may be more intelligent. They may be more capable. They may have thought of things you haven't thought of, but if they come across that way to you, they're just being a jerk. You don't need to worry about it. Um, and you can move on. Uh, and so I try to remember that if I ever am in these situations where I'm feeling intimidated by someone that, that I'm working with, um, the, again, the vast majority of people are, are going to be kind and generous and, uh, try to have, you know, effective interactions with you. And they, most people want you to be successful. And usually it's a mutually um, beneficial thing for them to try to help you be successful. It helps them to be more su- successful. Uh, and so, you know, it's not in most people's self-interest to to try to undermine those around them. And if they do, they're just a jerk.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're not, they're not going to end up at the top of the mountain, whatever that mountain is, you know, that's, it, it's just an attitude thing. I think people drastically under, under leverage and underappreciate how much a good personality helps you. The personality can get you places that so many other things can't, or I won't say can't, but, you know, I think that's a, that's a huge yeah. thing is the personality factor is just something that's intangible that oftentimes is underappreciated.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, as we start to wrap things up for today, uh, perhaps we can Transition into this idea of developing our full potential. We've talked around it uh, up to this point, but we've, we've talked about fear and overcoming fear. We've t- talked about fostering confidence. We've talked about the connection with imposter syndrome. Um, as we are dealing with all these different facets in our in our brains and our thinking and in our interactions with the world around us, ultimately, how does that help us get further along the path towards achieving our full potential? And as a leader, how does that help me then? develop the full potential of my people on my team?
1: Yeah, I think at the end of the day, it gives us the confidence and the capabilities to go lead our own lives. One of the things that we talk about often is the holistic approach to potential. So leveling up your life overall, but through your love, through your health, and through your wealth. When Here's the interesting thing. Most of us are confident in one arena of life. So there are many people who, when they look at their bank account, they feel really good but their relationships aren't maybe aren't the best or their their health isn't necessarily the best if you can grow into your potential in all three arenas of life you're going to be a much more effective leader because you're actually going to be able to lead by example when you pour into your health everything gets better right you're more effective you're more capable you're more energetic you're more emotionally regulated so many things you're just healthier when you understand Wealth and you understand the economy and you understand money, you can be a better leader that way because you're going to be more abundant and you won't be as scarce. And you can also pass that on to your team. You can pass that on to to everything. And when you go home, whether it's family, intimate partners, friends, and you have very successful relationships in your life, you're going to be a, a more effective leader because you're going to be happier. You're going to be more fulfilled. You're going to probably be the kind of person who talks about work-life balance or having life outside of work because you understand having rich dynamic relationships is so important. So I just think becoming the most evolved human being you can be can only rise the tide in every room you're in. And then you're going to lead that way too. You'll be able to lead and say, look, life isn't just about what we do here. When you go home, that matters too. And I just think that's self-improvement and I think that's personal development. So yeah, I think pouring into your own cup, becoming a better, more holistic leader all around is going to bring the team up just by the law of universe, really.
0: Yeah. Rising tide lifts all ships. Uh, I, that's wonderful. Kevin, this has been a really wonderful conversation. I know the time it's flown by. I need to let you go here in just a minute. Mm-hmm. Before we wrap things up for today, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience how they can connect with you and find out more about your work. And then give us the final word on the topic for today.
1: Yeah, I would just say listen to the podcast if you're interested. That's the best place to learn about us. We do uh, seven episodes a week, so you'll learn very quickly if we're your type of people. Search Next Level University. Um, If you want to reach out to me, you can email me, kevin at nextleveluniverse.com. And I would say do the thing that scares you a little bit, right? I mean, At the end of the day, we're all trying to be guides in our own lives, and the guide does the right thing. The guide faces the fear. The guide sends the email. They send the message. They answer the phone. Try to be the guide of your own life because if you're going to guide others, you first have to learn how to guide yourself to the highest potential.
0: Wonderful. Thank you, Kevin. It's been a pleasure. I encourage the audience to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Kevin and his team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe. You can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. <laughs>